Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton. Switch to Metro by T-Mobile and save more. Get the new iPhone SE now with 5G at the lowest price in prepaid. Just $99.99. I post a lot. And thanks to the iPhone SE with 5G and advanced 4K camera, I'm snapping and sharing while my followers are smashing the like button. Switch and get the iPhone SE for just $99.99. Only at Metro. Save more versus national prepaid brands. Limited time offer in store only. Price for 64 gigabyte model with eligible port, $60 plan, and ID. See 5G device coverage and access details at MetroByTMobile.com. The levels are set. The mics are ready. Testing, testing, one, two, three. So strap yourself in. It's time to go one on one with Bill Alexander. Let's go. Yours truly, William Eric Alexander. All my friends call me Bill, and you're on one on one with Bill Alexander. Glad you could join us today. Hopefully, your day is going fine as well as mine is. Okay, having a little problem with schedules, but hey, we're doing fine <laughs> right now. We are going to be talking to Peter. Uh, I, I'm looking at your name, Peter, and I'm going to say it wrong. Say it for me one more time, Giera. Ski era. It shouldn't be that hard for me to say, but for some reason I had a mental block when I saw it. So Pete does a website called Recommended Stations, which is basically dealing with Internet radio stations, correct? Correct. And can you tell my audience how you got started with this? Because in theory, Internet radio has been around for a long time, but the problem is no one's really cataloged it in a way for people to find it. Right. It's been around for a while, and there are uh, an estimated 60,000 free radio stations you can get on Internet radio. And what amazes me is for the time that it's been around and for all of those stations, there's no one who kind of explores stations and writes about them and recommends them. You've got people who recommend all kinds of things, um, hotels and books and music and, you know, you name it, consumer electronics. Uh, but no one's recommending stations. So three years ago, when I started writing for uh, Como Audio's blog, which is an audio company that makes internet radios, I started doing an article called Recommended Stations. And I would go through our database and uh, search for some stations that I thought would be interesting, that were kind of unique, that had very good sound quality. And I would recommend whatever, three, four, five, six stations and do write-ups on them. And I would contact the people who programmed or started the stations and interview them to get kind of the backstory or what what I call the, the story behind the station. And uh, it got very good uh, response. Uh, it, okay. it, those articles got read more than any of the other articles that I posted on there. And they get a lot of good comments. So uh, a month ago, I launched my own site, called, as you said, called RecommendedStations.com. And part of it is about internet radio. Part of it is about music. But I've linked the Recommended Stations portion to Patreon to try and generate some degree of support to keep this thing going. 
Um, and it, but it's the same concept. It's going through the database, slogging through a bunch of stations, finding things that are interesting and sound good that I think people might like to listen to, uh, write about them, um, find someone connected to the station if I can, and, and ask them some questions. And I think it just helps people explore different kinds of music and really take full advantage of internet radio because there's so much out there. You try and search stations, it can be really overwhelming. And, and speaking of searching for stations, how do you find the ones that you pick to write about? So I I don't want to give away the secret sauce, or <laughs> else uh, or else no one will need me, and no one, no one will need to become a Patreon supporter. But it's some of them I've actually found by accident, where I'm looking for something very specific, and something else comes up that I wasn't expecting. Uh, and I start listening to it and I'm thinking, wow, this is actually really good. And it's kind of a, a pleasant surprise and it becomes a recommended station. But but really, it's it's going through the database, picking out stations, listening to them. I, it's not just I don't just randomly pick a station, say, OK, there's my recommended station and write about it. I actually listen to it for a couple of weeks Um to make sure it sounds good and to make sure they're reliable because some stations, they don't necessarily broadcast 24 uh, seven or they may not be around or they may discover they don't have the license for the U S and they go, they go away. Right. Um, there was one station I was listening to that, that seemed to be promising, but every few minutes uh, you would get this sort of static noise, kind of like the noise you'd listen. If you were listening to AM radio and there was a lightning strike, you get this okay. real annoying sound. And, and this was happening like every, three or five minutes. So that took care of that. I certainly wasn't going to recommend that station, but that's the point of listening to it for a lengthy period of time is to really vet it, make sure it, it sounds good. It's reliable. Um, and it's not, you know, too off the wall. So most of the stations you listen to, are they based in the U S not necessarily some are, uh, some are not, but there are some stations that, uh, they will have a, a little note that says you can only get them in the U.S. or you can only okay. get them in the U.K. or something. And um, so I've got to at least be I'm in the U.S., so I've got to at least be able to get it and listen to it. But if there is some kind of restriction like that, I'll usually note it somewhere in the article. Um, the reason I ask is, is because I've been doing um, online radio podcasting since 2006 when it was actually in its infancy. And I noticed, and one thing I said back then, I said for internet radio to take off, it had to be available everywhere, including the car. You had to be able to find it easy so people could tune it in like they would a terrestrial radio station. Sure. Now with home units coming in, such as the ones from Como, and um, I have one behind me from Grace Digital and a couple other ones that are out there. Do you see that finally taking hold that people are investing in these devices so they can actually listen to stations from across the country instead of what they hear or what they have in their own backyard? The numbers are getting better. Still, by far, terrestrial AM and FM have the largest number of listeners. It's still doing very, very well. Internet radio is starting to get there. A lot of people don't know about it. A lot of people know about it, but they don't really know how to use it or they're afraid okay. to use it. Um, so I think there's some education that needs to go on there. Uh, we have some older customers who have our products. They don't even use the internet radio. They use it for FM and Bluetooth and other things. They just um, don't, 
Uh, I don't think they're really that keen on trying to get the thing set up and running. Mm -hmm. It's not really all that difficult, but what I try and let people know is you're going to get a a massive amount of content that's all free and that doesn't rely on an antenna. So if you're trying to get a station that's a bit of a distance, doesn't come in that well, or maybe you can't get it at all, if they stream on the internet, you're not going to have those problems and it's going to sound excellent for the most part. Um, I think now with the the entertainment systems in cars, you can pair and connect your phone and stream from an app and get internet radio that way. So it's it's not completely foreign to, to vehicles. But at some point, I can see internet radio being built into an entertainment system. Absolutely. They've got Sirius satellite right. built into a lot of them. So why not internet radio? Well, actually, the vehicle that my wife and I recently bought, we can actually stream internet radio through the Wi-Fi connection in the vehicle okay. um, through a service called radio.net, which I thought was very interesting that we're uh-huh. able to access that way. Now, I've been, I've been working on internet radio stations and I've worked on terrestrial radio stations for years, but my, my genre of choice is actually going to be oldies radio, especially the obscure stuff that you don't hear every day. Uh-huh. And there's a few stations that I found out there that, that, that play the doo-wop, that play the, the early 60s, the deep cuts, the, the deep vinyl cuts. Are there stations that you found that would fit that classification that are, that are really what you would have considered a, a typical AM oldie station in the 1960s? There was, um, let's see, there were two stations I recommended. One was very similar to um what was it uh a classic oldie station out of new york i want to say it was wnbc i believe okay that's not what the station is called it's called something else but they try to mimic the wnbc format they even use the old jingles and things um so that was one station i recommended which seems to be quite popular there was another one which has changed a little bit and i haven't listened to it since it's changed but it was called something like um Oh, I forget. It was something like rock and roll Ichiban or something like that. Um, and they played sort of some oldies and some soul and R&B. Okay. But it wasn't, it was more deeper cuts and more obscure things. It wasn't so much all the hits. So that was kind of cool because oldies for me can get kind of tedious and repetitive yes. when you hear the same stuff over and over again. Um, and this, this particular station really uh, made an effort to kind of, focus on the stuff that was from that period, but not as well known. Right. Um, but like I say that they've had some changes, so I'm not quite sure what they're, they're doing now. Um, but those are two stations that come to mind that you might want to check out or anyone who's interested in the oldies might want to check out. Um, Cause I find it interesting that when, when one format becomes popular or there's one or two format or, or styles that becomes popular. It seems like there's a lot of other stations that try to jump on board to that idea to, to springboard off what someone else is doing. And, and what I'm talking about right now is if you're familiar with um, the old boss jock radio, the jock, the Drake format that they did in the 19, the, the mid sixties and early seventies. And there's a lot of stations out there that are using it for one thing. I worked for one of them um, over the last year and now I'm working for another one. And do you find that a lot of stations are getting lost in the shuffle because a lot of them do sound alike? 
Yeah, they do. You know, when you go into when you start searching for stations in an Internet radio database, one of the ways you can search is by genre. So you could search under oldies or country or, you know, whatever, rock and roll, and you'll get presented with a list of, you know, tens and tens of stations, maybe even 100 or more. Um, and you just start clicking on them and you feel like you're listening to the same station, even though they're different stations, because everybody's kind of doing the same thing. And that's one of the, the exact points of doing recommended stations is to find, try and find some stations that don't do that. They do something different. They mix in some different music or they have a different approach to the format and to their listeners. So they're doing something, uh, kind of unique that sets them apart from what everybody else is doing. Have you noticed a lot, and I, as I mentioned before, a lot of stations trying to recreate stations of days gone by? Because I know there's one right now, actually a mutual friend of ours has, called Jib on the Web, right. which is um, out of the New England states, who is playing easy listening music, right. which when I was growing up in the 70s, I never listened to easy listening music because we were listening to the the uh, the top 40 rock stations at the time. Uh-huh. Do you see uh, an audience going for those types of things? Are there certain trends in the industry right now or in Internet radio that people are listening to? There certainly are some stations doing that. You mentioned Jib on the web. They're one of them. Uh, another one, which was in um, my blog article for September and actually won the recommended station of the year award is KABL, which is on the internet, but it used to be an AM station and it went away and someone started an internet radio station version of it and uh, very faithful recreation of the original. Uh, and they have very devoted, loyal fans. It's also kind of a sort of be- beautiful music slash middle of the road station. Okay. Um, but program very well. And uh they do it very well. It's a very, very nice, uh, authentic recreation of the original KABL. I mentioned that station that that recreates WNBC, although that's not what they call themselves. Um, so there is some of that going on, but um, I wouldn't necessarily say it's a big, a big uh, trend that's going on. Oh, I see. I, I find that interesting. Um, have you talked to the people that are operating these stations and asking them why they're doing it? Um, I can't always get a hold of someone who's involved with the station. Uh, the best I can do, they don't usually have phone numbers. They usually have emails or a contact right. form. So that's what I'll go through. And um, I, I don't know. Sometimes I have luck. Sometimes I don't. I don't know if the email just gets lost, caught in a spam filter, or mm-hmm. they're just not interested. But I've probably got maybe a 60, 70 at the most percent rate of of getting a reply from folks. Um, and it's not necessarily the person who's directly responsible for programming. Um, okay. So I don't always get those answers, but uh, if I can get someone who is um, involved in that, that's the person I tend to gravitate towards to find out why are they doing this? Why are they playing this music? Um, one of the stations and recommended stations in the uh, article in September um, it's called uh, Planet Pootwaddle. Uh, uh, yes, I, I've listened to it. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy who started that station was uh, an actual program director in real life. He, he was uh-huh. very, very successful out in California programming commercial radio stations of different formats, mostly uh, probably I'd say adult contemporary or hot uh-huh. adult contemporary. And he had an interesting story. He just got tired of all of that and kind of left 
the industry and started his own internet radio station and programs it the way he wants. Mm-hmm. Um, and the music is kind of all, all over the place. Uh, it's mostly adult contemporary rock um, hits as well as non hits. Um, but it's a really interesting, different kind of a format. And he does these three song sets. So he does three songs in a row. And, uh, so that's where the interesting part comes in is where you try and dig a little deeper and find out what motivated these people to start their own mm-hmm. station and why do they program it that way. And everybody's got an interesting story. And if I can find that out and dig into it, I love putting that stuff in my articles. So other than working for a, a, a company that actually makes the devices to, to listen to Internet radio, do you have a background in radio yourself? I do. I spent about six and a half years in radio uh, working okay. around New England um, in different capacities. I was uh, an operations manager of a talk, a national talk network. Uh, I was a DJ. I did some news. I was a promotion director. So kind of all over the place. I've worked in Rhode Island, Mass, uh, New Hampshire, Maine. Um, and it was great. I got to meet some great people. Uh, I interned when I was in college, I interned at WBCN, which was the, that was the, that was the station in, in Boston. That was the, uh, a rock station and they mm-hmm. were very well known. Um, they had a uh, morning guy, Charles Laquadera, who was very well known. I think he, he probably had the number one rated morning show. Uh, so that was cool. It was, it's a great, it was a great industry industry to work in and to meet some very talented people. Um, but after six and a half years, I, I had to move on. So that was that. That's, that's what most of us say after doing it for a period of time, we have to move on, but right. I, for I, our I, own I still, sanity. I still keep my feet wet. Actually, I've did it, done it for quite a few years. So luckily uh-huh. for me that I'm, I'm still able to do something else and then still have my feet wet in the industry. Sure. Yeah. When you talk to these people that do this, most of them are not are not getting any type of revenue back from it. Why do they invest their time and their money into these types of stations if they're not seeing anything returned, especially when you're paying for BNI and uh, BMI and ASCAP rights, when you're paying for all this licensing? Do right. they give you a good reason why they do it? Well, we're all sick people. You and me included, <laughs> you know. Uh, I mean – Look at me. I started a website that has expenses and uh, that's coming out of my pocket. I, you know, right. thank God, thank goodness for the Patreon supporters I have, but I'm not even breaking even at this point. Um, but I do it and I explain this on the Patreon site, uh, not because I want to put myself in the poorhouse, but because this is my passion. I love music. I love radio. Uh, for me, it's kind of a hobby. So I'm, if the money I'm spending, I'm spending it on my hobby. Um, it just really interests me and I love spending time doing it. It, to me, it's not work. Uh, I spent a good portion of today, um, finishing up and posting the latest article on my blog about the, the Halloween, uh, spectacular thing. Um, and, and this is what people do. You mentioned our mutual friend over at Jib on the web. I think it's kind of the same with him. He actually worked at the original JIB. Right. And um, so I think that's near and dear to his heart. And it was important to him and a lot is important to a lot of people because that station went away. I used to listen to that station um, when I was uh, 10, 11, 12 years old. You were listening to rock and roll. I was listening to WLKW, which was Rhode Island's beautiful music station. I was a strange child. Interesting. Um, well, I love I, beautiful music. And then I listened to JIB and 
I still listen to beautiful music on occasion. Well, I, not only was I listening to Top 40 at the time, I was also listening to talk radio at the time, too, when yep. I was growing up in the early 70s. So I wasn't the normal child either, for most part. <laughs> but um, but I find I'm, it interesting that, <laughs> you, you, that you've decided to put this together because I think it's a wonderful idea because there are so many stations out there that are getting lost in the shuffle and with someone like you that are able to find them and bring them to the top of the list for people just to be exposed to them. That doesn't mean they're going to listen to them, but it's going to expose them to something different. Now, do you also consider stations that are streaming from um, an AM FM or a terrestrial station as part of your, of your, uh, as your, of your blog or recommended stations, or do you just look for internet only? No, if it's in our database, it's it's um, eligible to be included as a recommended station. So it's it's anybody who's streaming on the net. Um, and you know, you mentioned just a minute ago about um, exposing people to different things. One of one of the aspects of this that has also gotten a lot of attention, which really I enjoy quite a bit, I call them uh, hitchhiker stations. Uh, and I call them that because it, you know, searching on the internet uh, on internet radio is kind of like pick, pick, picking up hitchhikers. You, you don't really know who's going to get in the car. Is it going to be a a nice, friendly person or a serial killer? You don't really know. And right. when you land on some of these stations, you don't really know what you're going to get. Even if you read the title of the station, you think you know. You you don't necessarily know. So one of my things that I really enjoy is bringing forth some of these stations that are quite odd. Uh, and I call them hitchhiker stations. And uh, to give you an example of of one that was in the September article, it's called Wave Farm, and it's a place up in New York. And they have uh, weather instruments that are connected to a synthesizer, and the synth converts the weather data into tones. So you tune the station and all you're hearing is like a frequency going up and down and warbling and whatever else is doing based on whatever the weather is doing. Now, why anybody would do that, I don't know. And why anybody would listen to that, I don't know. But it's not something you would ever find on AM or FM radio. And and this is the beauty of Internet radio. You can find just about anything on right. there. So the, and this just fascinates me that somebody actually went to the trouble of doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another station that uh, I did a couple of years ago called payphone radio this guy lives in new york and he calls into a recording device in his apartment and he does uh sort of like verbal journal entries he talks about his day or an argument he had uh he talked about in one episode he talked about uh how he was he had decided he wasn't going to talk to his parents anymore because they had a big argument um another time he talked about a date he had with a stripper so it's all over the place but the kicker is he only calls in from public payphones. He doesn't use a cell phone. He doesn't use a landline. It's only payphones. And that's why it's where, called payphone radio. Where does he find payphones at in this day they're, and age? They're still out there. There's not many, uh, but they're still there. And this is, again, you would never find a station like this on AM or FM. It's only because Internet radio exists. And it's just interesting. And that's something that people actually might tune into to hear what this guy's got to say, because he talks about just about everything under the sun. Um, and it's it's very interesting. It's almost like a reality show on radio. Okay. So, um, so this kind of stuff, like finding these kinds of bizarre, strange stations, I just think it's so fun and throwing them out there. And as you say, people may never listen to them, but to say, oh, my God, that someone's actually doing this. You know, this is pretty interesting. 
So you keep mentioning this database. What what is in this database that you that you are able to access? Well, every internet radio, including the ones that we make at Como Audio, have a internet station aggregator. You have to have okay. some entity that collects these stations and categorizes them and vets them and so on. So we have an aggregator and they have a database of about 59, 60,000 free internet radio stations. Uh, And you can access those through the Como audio models. Uh, There's also a portal. So you can go on to the portal and that for some people that makes it a little bit easier. Um, And this is how you search your station. So so your Grace Digital Radio, they've got an aggregator. Actually, I think Grace does their own station aggregation, yeah. if I remember but unfortunately, correctly. Unfortunately, the Grace that I have sitting in here with me, the aggregator does not work anymore because as of last month, they shut it off. and went Ah, okay. You're talking about Receiva. Yeah, Receiva yeah. went out of business. Yeah. Which so. I, I was so crushed when that happened because I, I love this radio and now it's pretty much useless other than the stations I have programmed into it right now. Well, you'll have to get a Como radio. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know where I can get a deal? <laughs> we can talk afterwards. Okay. Um, what's interesting about it is is that I know with one of the one of the aggregators that I have on another, uh, I have a Sage and uh, radio that they use SkyTune to do theirs Uh and you're able to submit a favorite station into that aggregator. Are you able to do that to yours at Como or is it something that your staff puts together? No, if you, if there is a, if you get a Como radio and there's a station you want to listen to an internet station, that's not in our database, you can go into the portal, which is free. You need to register, but it's free to get on the portal. And if you can isolate the station's URL, uh, you can type that in and you can save it to your radio and it'll come under uh, in the menu under it's called my added stations and you select that okay. and it'll be there. Now, some stations you can't put in there because maybe the codec is not supported or if it's an iHeart station, they won't allow you to do that. Um, so that's one way of doing it. The other way, if you're not technically inclined, is you can get the URL or at least get the station's website and go on uh, through uh, open up a ticket on the portal and ask the station aggregator directly to add the station to the database so everyone can listen to it as well as the person who who's looking for it. And again, as long as it can be added, it's not an iHeart station. It doesn't have some codec, audio codec they're streaming in that isn't supported. Um, the station is usually added within 24 to 48 hours and uh, you can listen to it going forward. Because oh, that that's there is what I find interesting, because um, being able to find these stations and having something that you want to share with friends going, hey, I listen to this. You can, too, without directing them how to find it and everything else, that if they had the same device that you have, it would be much easier for them to be able to look for it on there. Sure. Um, is when when you put your list together um, and you said you just go out and look, depending on what's in your database, how often do you go through that database? And how often do you think that database is updated with new stations? Uh, they update. They do a station update um, pretty much every day, every weekday, except for weekends. They okay. will add stations. And it might just be two or three, or it might be 10. 
Um, but they're also taking away stations because they're vetting these stations to make sure they're still valid. Some stations, um, they go off the air, they don't stream anymore, or maybe they change the URL and they haven't informed the aggregator. So the old URL is still there. And if you select that station, you get nothing. So they monitor that and they're, they're vetting out the old stations and also adding new stations. So they're adding every day. And I'm checking, I go in there pretty much every day, if not every other day, um, because I've got to come up with at least, well, not at least, I do one station a month. So I've got to come up with one recommended station a month. And I also do a hitchhiker station one a month. So I've got to go in and I've got to find myself a good station I can recommend as well as a a strange station I can talk about. So um, I usually will go in, like I say, every day, every other day and just start searching. There really isn't Uh, You know, I joke about secret sauce. There isn't really necessarily a rhyme or reason to it. Uh, There's just so many stations um, and I don't necessarily want to box myself into uh, one particular genre or something. So I just kind of go all over the place. And I've been writing these articles for three years and I haven't run out of stations yet. So I think I think I'm going to be okay for a while. Um, Warren. Uh, Schroger, who does jib on the web, wanted me to ask you, what is your favorite easy listening station on the Internet? Oh, it's got to be jib on the web. Absolutely. (laughs) And he didn't pay me to say that, by the way. (laughs) Well, he told me to ask because he wanted to know if if you actually did listen to it and what you think of it yourself, because I think it's interesting that that those of us that do stuff on the web, we are so worried about what other people think Mm. that we want to to make sure we're getting a positive review or a positive response. Have you had other stations that you may have not reviewed so favorably come back at you going, but wait a minute, give us another chance. Um, Not, not no, because I don't usually will do something super negative or negative. Uh, In there, I might mention something as sort of a constructive criticism kind of thing, but I shy away from, uh, you know, getting negative because I really want to put forth a station that I want people to listen to and to explore and find interesting. Um, But when in the case of uh, Jib on the Web, that was I, I listened to the original JIB. I remember it. Um, and I remember being devastated when they went off the air because there was nothing else like it on the air at all. Uh, There's a PL WPLJ or something like that out of Plymouth, I believe that I think they were kind of trying to sort of position themselves as, as an option. In fact, I think they were running promos at one point saying, you know, you can't listen to Jib anymore. So listen to us, but they're, they're, they're nowhere near the same thing. It's nothing, nothing at all like it. So, um, no, I think Warren does a great job. In fact, I've been doing some voice work for his station. I've been doing some uh, promos and little sort of vignette type things. Okay. Um, uh, but I'm constantly like changing my presets and updating with new stations I find. And and I've got probably three or four beautiful music stations uh, either in my presets or in uh, a list called My Favorites. And I'll just bounce around between all of them. But I think I would say probably my favorite is Jib on the web. Yeah, on the web. Now I went through. I'm looking at the database right now, and the station that I work for is in the database. 
Okay. And I want I want you to review it. It's called okay. Hall of Fame Music Radio. Okay. It's actually based out of Carver, Massachusetts. Oh. The guy that does it uh, worked radio for years, and I'm I'm in actually Western Pennsylvania, and we actually it's the station's actually voice tracked to be able to uh-huh. do that, and I think it's interesting because not only is it on the internet, it's also on, and which I did not know this was a thing until I started working with them about a year and a half ago, is LPFM stations are now picking up these formats because they can't afford on air jocks, so these internet stations are now providing them with a service. Okay. Which I thought okay. was interesting. Huh. So um, I want you to listen to it. I'll definitely check it out. From 12 until 3, because that's when I'm on. Okay. <laughs> and you can check it out. But yeah. I think it's really interesting. Are there stations that you that you came across by accident? That happens a lot, uh, more than I expected. Um, when I'm, I might be searching for so- something in particular, or I just see uh, a title that looks interesting. That's how Planet Pootwaddle came came up about. I mean, I saw that title. I'm like, what the heck is this? Uh, and started listening to it, and I loved it, and I loved the backstory. Um, there was another station I found, which is also in September's article, called TRUSA, which stands for Truckers Radio USA. And it was started by a guy who was a truck driver and a DJ. And he loved country music, and he wanted to start a station that truck drivers could listen to and that they would enjoy more traditional country music. There would be some new stuff too, but, but heavily invested in the traditional uh, legendary artists and so on. And that was one of my recommended stations. I'm not a big country fan, but I could really appreciate what they were doing, the music they were playing. I like the fact that he did slip in occasionally some newer stuff like the, the Judds and so on. Um, and, but the whole backstory fascinated me. The music was great. The sound quality was very good. And that, that was another one. It's a true. So what's that? And I click on it and it's a radio station for truck drivers. Okay. Uh, I mean, they, they do it for everybody. Anybody can listen to it, but it was originally started for truck drivers. There is a couple that I actually uh, looked at through your through your your blog. One of them is WFMU Sheena's Jungle Room, mm. which I thought was interesting. And the other one was, uh, I guess it's Luxura Music yep. uh, dot com. And it's very interesting to hear these because a lot of the stuff that I'm hearing that's that's unique or odd. I would consider, I don't want to say experimental, but I would consider what we would have considered 30 years ago as college radio, where people are learning how to do it and getting their feet wet and stuff like that. And I'm noticing now that there's a lot of stations out there like that, that are not doing one single format. They're actually mixing formats up and day parting it throughout the day. Yeah, uh, there is a lot of that. Um, And I, I think kind of part of it, part of the influence is the streaming and uh, music files on your phone or your computer MP3 players, because you've got a whole roster of all different kinds of music from different time periods and different genres. And you just play them and, and you might get a rock song one time and the next song might be disco and the next song might be punk. So I think that's part of it. Um, Part of it is just the freedom to be able to do what you want. It's internet radio. You can do what you want. You can say what you want. You're not subject to FCC rules like quote unquote normal radio stations are. So you get that freedom and uh, people love to experiment and take chances. Um, Luxuria music. 
Uh, I love the station. It was one of my recommended stations. They initially were sort of like a very niche um, kind of station, and they're trying to broaden that a bit and make not make it so sort of upper upper lip. Um, it's it does a lot of lounge kind of music, but mm-hmm. they they explore some other stuff. They've got a ton of different specialty shows on the weekend, which are really cool. Um, so yeah, the, there's so much out there, and people just don't know about it. Uh, and that's that's what I hope I I bring with recommended stations. I got a very nice email from a guy who had also listened to the original uh, JIB, and he didn't know Jib on the Web existed. And he read one of my articles where it was recommended, and sent me a really nice email thanking me, saying he listens twelve hours a day, and it's great, and he just loves it. Um, and that's what I like to hear is when someone finds a station that I've recommended and, uh, and they wouldn't otherwise have known about it. So how many stations do you try to review a month? Well, now that I'm doing this uh, recommended stations link with Patreon, I do one recommended station a month and I do one hitchhiker station a month. What I used to do when I was doing the articles, the blog articles uh, for Como, I would do six or seven in one shot and it would take me like six months to do it because like I say, I listened to these stations for a long period to, to check them out and make sure they're reliable and sound good. So I was taking five, six months to put together an article and the articles got to be rather lengthy. And I thought, and I got an email, actually a couple of emails from people saying, gee, couldn't you do like a monthly newsletter kind of thing? And I mm-hmm. thought, geez, I can't. There's no way I can come up with six or seven stations a month. I'll kill myself. It's, and, right. and I don't know that it's even possible, but uh, I just can't do that. But I thought, you know, I could do one a month and maybe charge a buck for it and do a hitchhiker station as well. Uh, that is doable. And um, so that's what I did. That was the concept behind that. And uh, so, yeah, I keep it to, to one recommended station and one hitchhiker station a month. Um, do you ever, whenever you do write your, your monthly article on the station, do you ever think that you should, can, do you compare and contrast is what I'm asking? That if one station is doing this, one I've reviewed before is doing that, which is similar to what these guys are doing or something like that, or, do you, or is every station unique, every blog post unique? Uh, I don't know that there's, there's probably been a little bit of overlap, but not too much. Uh, there probably will be as I, as I continue to do this because you can't just do one format and then never do it again. Never right. look at another station again. That's of that particular genre or format. Um, but uh, I, I don't, I, I'm not sure I would reference an earlier station because I don't know if people would remember it. I don't know if okay. people who are reading about that station have even read about the old station. So it might not gotcha. mean as much to some people as it would to others. Um, but uh, I have, if, if something kind of like that comes up, I'll put it in an example I'll give you is uh, 
one of my recommended stations in September was Crooner Radio. And the great story behind that was the guy who started that knew Frank Sinatra. Mm -hmm. And he was very close friends with uh, Buddy Greco. And uh, he knew a lot of crooners and they were giving him material that had never been released before to, for him to be able to play on his radio station. And they were really supporting him. So that was an interesting backstory. But he was telling me and it's 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 in the interview. There's a station in France which does the exact same format, even according to, to what he told me, they're stealing his music is this this previously unreleased music they're recording it and then playing it on their station they have a similar kind of logo yeah um so you know you get that kind of thing going on too yeah and i hate to tell you this but i'm listening i was listening to the one in france because not only did they do a crooner they focused on sinatra and they did one focusing on dean martin okay were very which are very good i mean yeah i can't imagine someone in france doing the crooner type format. Now, like you said, if they're copying it from somebody else, now that makes sense. Right. But right. I have heard crooner radio. And again, if that's what you like, that's great to listen. To. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm thinking I've, I've over the last three weeks or so, I thought about starting my own internet station, but it would not be a, a music station because I can't, I can't afford to pay these, these royalties. So it, right. it wouldn't be music. It, there would be music on there, but it wouldn't be royalty bearing music. Um, so I, I won't go any in any more detail than that, but that's what I'm thinking of. And, and the searching I've done so far, I have not found another free station like this on the internet, which is a pretty remarkable thing to say with 60,000 stations. That, that is. A, um, I have found some stations that do this, but you have to pay uh, to, to get access to it. Okay. So this would be free. Wouldn't be free to me. Unfortunately, I have to pay every right. month for the service. But so I'm thinking of doing this. I haven't pulled the trigger yet just because uh, I'm, I'm afraid I don't want to get myself in, in too deep financially. But um, it's something I'm thinking about. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see where that goes. If it happens, it'll probably be end of the year or early next year. What I found interesting um especially during the time of COVID when we were all in the shutdown mode is that the program I'm doing here, I actually had online stations reach out to me to rebroadcast the show on their stations. I had stations from the United Kingdom that took the program. I had one out of Pittsburgh. Actually, I had two out of Pittsburgh. I had one out of Kentucky. I had one out of Boston because they couldn't find enough programming and they wanted a unique way to look at talk now, yep. which is great. If you can commit to do a new show every week is fantastic, but yep. you have to hit that certain time constraint where you're doing an hour every week. And if you can't find a guest or the guest isn't willing to stay for an hour or stuff like that, it becomes very difficult. And unfortunately, after two years of doing it, which I love, I had to scale back my operation and just do it on my schedule. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a lot of opportunity out there for people to create their own programming to submit it to stations, because like you said, you're, you're going to try to do, it's hard to fill 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Right. Especially if you're trying to do it on the cheap, right? Exactly. <laughs> radio stations try to do, they're trying <laughs> to maximize their profit. So if they can get some, some programming for free, they'll, they'll eat that up. Um, you know, our, our mutual friend Warren had encouraged me to do a podcast. And that was my response to him was I would, 
love to do a podcast or maybe some kind of interview show or something, but I just don't have the time with, with my website, with my full-time right. job, with everything. I'm, I'm an Airbnb super host with all this Holy stuff cow. I'm doing. <laughs> I just don't have the time to, to commit to it. And I don't want to do something that's half, you know, I right, won't say I the word, you. but you know what I mean. Uh, I don't want to put my name on something that's not very good quality. So at some point I'd like to look at doing, I just bought this snazzy new microphone that sent me back a hundred bucks, which, and that's, that's part of it is for doing the voice work. So, uh-huh. and it's funny because I, when I worked at WPRO AM in East Providence, Rhode Island, I did a talk, a taped talk show called one-on-one. Oh, really? Yeah. And I interviewed people and it ran at five o'clock in the morning when no one was listening, but I didn't care. I was on WPRO. So that was fine by me. Um, So I love interviewing people. I love the interview portions of recommended stations. I love Mm -hmm. learning new things. I love, I love uh, engaging with people. Most of my interviews are done by email just because uh, this is, this is not an audio thing. It's a written article. So, and I also like to kind of cover myself. So if somebody ever comes back and says, well, I never said that. I can say, well, here's your email. You can, you can see you wrote that to me, uh, which hasn't happened yet, but it's, it's good to have that in your back pocket. But I just love that. I love learning. I love finding out interesting things from people. Everybody's got a story. I don't care who you are, what you do, how old you are. Everybody has a story. And I love diving into that. Yeah, my actually one on one is actually the new name because I did a program for local AM radio um, in Western Pennsylvania called Online with Bill Alexander before anybody knew what the Internet was. And we Uh were not talking. We were talking about a telephone line because it was a call in talk show in 2006 when I took the program from. Uh, terrestrial radio to the internet, it just worked beautifully to use the name online. And it was an open caller thing. And then over the last two years is when I started to switch to get away from that and just do uh-huh. interviews. Yep, and then yep. I realized that whenever I start talking to individuals, they don't understand what the program is. So we changed the name to one-on-one. So they understand that it is a discussion between me and whoever's on the other end of the this the screen or the uh telephone or however we do it so that's sure, one of the sure. reasons why the name changed so yeah yeah that's oh, a great but, name but it yeah well yeah you had it i stole it so <laughs> <laughs> i'll give you credit that's perfectly fine hey peter this has been fun i really enjoyed this um an hour flies by so quickly it does. Um, is there anything you want to tell my audience about how they can find the website what they can do to um, maybe suggest a radio station that they want you to review to get your opinion on it or anything like that. Sure. Yeah. I, I invite suggestions, people who find stations that uh, they think are great and might be interesting. I have had several uh, readers give me suggestions so they can do that. You can find the website. It's www.recommendedstations.com. Dot com. There's a contact page there, so you can send me comments, questions, suggestions. Um, but the other really important thing, and I thank you for, for uh, giving me the opportunity, is if you go to Patreon, uh, which I don't know, I'm assuming it's patreon.com, and I guess you can search, type in recommended stations. Uh, that's the way to support my website, my blog, my recommended stations. Uh, I have the lowest tier that Patreon allows, which is a dollar a month. There are some creators on there who are getting $50, $60 and more a month. I have no idea what they're doing to get that kind of money, but 
Uh, I, I'm not asking for that. I'm asking for a buck a month, um, which is like, you know, cost of a cup of coffee. And so you can go on there and, and join up and be a monthly supporter. You'll you, That's the only way to, to get access to my recommended stations is through Patreon. You can't get it any and, other way. Peter, in the description, and when I post this online, I will put a link to the Patreon because I'm looking at it right now. I appreciate and, that. And um, I will share that with the audience so they can reach out to you and, and be able to uh, take advantage of the great service that you're offering. Because again, oh, I, 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 can't, I can't believe it has taken this long for someone to come up with this idea to review internet radio stations. I, I couldn't believe that there's nobody else doing it. And I hope it stays that way. Thank you. But uh you know, you probably in your show, you probably cover some uh, occasionally some very serious topics. And I think it's nice once in a while to get into this kind of thing where, OK, you know, we're not talking about covid and politics right. and whatever, but it's nice just to sort of step back a little bit and have a little fun. And actually, I have a great idea, which if you would be willing to do it and I'll, I'll put it out, the audience can hear it, that if you would come back every few months and talk about one or two of those stations that you're listening to and talk about them and and not only that but also uh talk about what you've written for the patreon site and also for your other blog oh yeah i'd love that yeah so i uh peter i i appreciate you joining me i i think it was great good luck in all your ventures Thank and you. uh if you get the if you get the internet station off the ground uh please let me know i'd love to have you back again so we can find out what you're going to be putting on it and and how you're going to be competing with all these other people that you normally write about right and and to avoid conflict of interest i can't recommend my own station so well you could <laughs> i could but <laughs> well i've enjoyed it and i thank you so much for the opportunity i'd love to come back and uh whether i do the station or not i'd love to come back at some point and we can have a have a catch-up that that would be fantastic peter thank you very much you have a great day and we'll talk to you next time sounds good thanks bill you too a big thank you to Pete Scarra for joining me today to talk about his new Patreon site, Recommended Stations. Like I said, I'm amazed to this day that he is the first person to go out there and listen to radio stations on the web and recommend them to you. Because trust me, you don't have time to look for him yourself. And Pete's going to be a great guy to look him up for you. So, Peter, thank you very much for joining us. And the rest of you, thank you very much for joining me here one-on-one -on -one with Bill Alexander. to Metro by T-Mobile and save more. Get the new iPhone SE now with 5G at the lowest price in prepaid. Just $99.99. I post a lot. And thanks to the iPhone SE with 5G and advanced 4K camera, I'm snapping and sharing while my followers are smashing the like button. Switch and get the iPhone SE for just $99.99. Only at Metro. Save more versus national prepaid brands. Limited time offer. In-store only. Price for 64 gigabyte model with eligible port. $60 plan and ID. See 5G device coverage and access details at MetroByT-Mobile.com. Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. 
That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton.